Good morning. Our scripture passage today comes from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. Hear the word of the Lord. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, we give you thanks for drawing us into your presence this morning. We thank you, God, for the gift that it is to take a break from this week, from whatever is weighing on us, from all of the things, good or bad, we need to tend to outside of this space. And I just ask, Lord, that your spirit would help each of us to settle in, to slow down, that it would open our hearts, that it would open our ears so we could hear your word fresh and new this morning, and that your word would do what it does, encourage us, challenge us, build us up, but most importantly, draw us closer into relationship with you through your son, Jesus. We pray all these things in his holy name. Amen. So a father heard his small daughter saying over and over, Tokyo, Tokyo, Tokyo. And he asked her, what are you doing? She said, Dad, I'm praying. What kind of prayer is that? She explained, I had a test in school today and I'm praying for God to make Tokyo the capital of France. I'm pretty sure the last time I checked that answer to prayer was not there. And I wish I could tell you, but I'd be lying if I hadn't prayed for God to change the little circles that I filled out to maybe other numbers at one point or a time. So I often remind others there's no one right way to pray. Especially every time I'm at a meal and I'm the only pastor, they turn to me. You can pray. And I say, no, 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 you can pray. There's no right way. But is there a wrong way? So there's the prayer announcement, as Pastor Eric taught me when I got here. Not that he does this, but this is what he calls it, a prayer announcement. And a prayer announcement might sound something like this. Lord, be with us as we plan for our congregational meeting Sunday, February 26 at 11 a.m. <laughs> that is actually when our congregational meeting is. But it's a prayer really for the purpose of reminding those we are praying with to not forget where and when they're supposed to be somewhere. And then we have the reality television prayer. This is a good one. Lord, please be with Bert, whose son was seen in the back of a cop car late last night at Pima and Happy Valley. We know what this is about. 
It's a prayer that's really about sharing gossip and drama. And then there's the biggest error of them all. The long-winded prayer over a hot meal and now my dinner is cold? <laughs> Don't do it. So while I'm tempted to say there's no wrong way to pray, I think that there is. And actually, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus explains that there is one wrong way to pray. He says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. The Greek word used in the New Testament for hypocrite means acting on a stage. You see, there were actors in the Greek theaters who would usually play more than one role. They would go off stage, pick up a mask, and then use that for a different character when they came back on. And sometimes they wouldn't even have to leave the stage. They would carry around another face, another mask. This is where the expression two-faced comes from. Today we also might throw out words like fake and phony, imposter, deceiver. Hypocrisy is the gap between what we show and who we are. It's the difference between what we say and how we live. The difference between our public persona and our private character. And Jesus is very clear about it. He does not like hypocrisy. In fact, he conducts a major critique of hypocrites in his Sermon on the Mount. In his sermon, Jesus addresses his disciples. He speaks to the religious, to his followers, and as followers of Jesus, this should make our ears perk up. We should listen to as you heard last week from the Sermon on the Mount, he criticizes those who give to the poor hypocritically. They give by being loud and showy about their gifts. And then in this morning scripture that I just read, Jesus criticizes those who pray hypocritically by again being loud and showy on street corners and synagogues, using tons of words, trying to impress. And then the passage after this, Jesus goes on again to criticize those who fast hypocritically by again doing it in such a way that brings attention to what they are doing. Jesus criticizes them for why they do this. It's not for God. It's to get acclaim and power for themselves. God is never impressed by religious or moral performance. God knows our hearts. So how do we avoid being hypocrites? How do we learn how to pray perfectly? It's far more simple than you might expect. Jesus prayed constantly. One pastor summarizes, summarized Jesus' entire ministry by saying he went from prayer meeting to prayer meeting and did some miracles in between. He prayed so often that his disciples were curious. They asked, Lord, teach us to pray. And as God's children, Jesus taught them how to pray, and he teaches us too. That lesson actually comes right after the verses I read for you this morning. The verses that we call the Lord's Prayer. 
For many of us, the Lord's Prayer is the prayer of our childhood. We learned it in Sunday school or maybe in confirmation class. We said it with our parents. It's one of the few parts of the service some of us might know by heart. But here's the weird truth. It's not a prayer. It's a teaching about prayer. If you look closely, you'll see that Jesus is not praying, but teaching how to pray. He uses the Lord's Prayer as a type of scaffolding for building a life of prayer. It's instruction on how to transform our prayers into these perfect prayers. The first thing that we note is that prayer is simply talking to our heavenly parent. Recently, I heard of a child who prayed, Our Father who art in heaven, how'd you know my name? <laughs> That's a good prayer. God, how do you know my name? God knows your name. When you pray, you're not talking to some impersonal force or an abstract spirit that's far out and distant and not involved in your life. God is your creator. God knows your name. And as Jesus reminds us in scripture, God knows what you need before you even ask. So why do we pray if God already knows? Jesus is aware that most of our prayers fall into two categories. Many of us approach prayer as if it's nothing but either ceremony or an opportunity to ask this divine genie to fulfill our wishes. But if we treat prayer like this, if we use it for these reasons, our prayers will fall short. The ultimate goal of prayer is not results. It's a relationship. A relationship with God. When we were young, we often measured our parents' love by what they gave us, right? Christmas, don't lie. <laughs> but as we mature, we discover it's far better just to be with those you love. Through prayer, God gives us more than an answer. God gives us God's self. So in, an, in this Sermon on the Mount, in a sermon about how to live in God's kingdom, we are told to call God Father. The word Jesus uses is Abba. It's a personal title, a word a child would learn to call their father. And it's not quite as informal as Papa or Daddy, and it's not as formal as Father either. So I think you could maybe say Dad. It's, it's a word that denotes a special relationship. Jesus teaches us that we get to address God as our heavenly parent. He goes on, hallowed be thy name. In other words, while we are God's children, we can call God Abba. Don't forget how holy God is. And then he goes on to teach us to say, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you are God's child, you're a part of God's kingdom. Don't forget how holy God is, and don't start with yourself. I don't like that. Don't start with yourself. Instead, pray that God's will be done. We recognize the world is the Lord's and everything in it. Amen? We recognize 
I'm going to keep going, so you're going to have to help. We recognize that we want God's good and perfect will to be accomplished here just as it will be in heaven. Amen? Amen. Isn't this our prayer? When we lift up concerns, we can easily look around and see that things are not right, not the way that they should be. So we pray asking for God's will to be done, that God would make it right. To pray for God's kingdom come and God's will be done is also proclaiming that we place our trust in God's care. Amen. Thank you. We trust in God's plan being better than our plan. And we humbly submit ourselves to God's will, not our will. And what's more, as God's children in God's kingdom, we're moved to work towards God's will being done. We don't just pray about it. We use our hands and our feet. We put it into action so we can be a part of it. Then we go on. What do we say? Give us today our daily bread. When you pray, you focus on asking what you need for today. And notice the plural, us, our, not my bread, our bread. It's not just about our needs, but we're praying for everyone's needs, all of God's creation. And then Jesus goes on to teach us something, and I think this is really important because he talks about it twice. Jesus goes on to say, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So he goes on to essentially repeat himself in the very next breath, in the very next verse, as if to say, just to be clear, I'll put it this way too. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, their Father will not forgive your sins. Forgiveness. Praying that we find the capacity to forgive because forgiveness is the trait that is most like Jesus himself. And having been forgiven through the grace of Jesus, we are called to extend that same forgiveness. This is hard work. Forgiving. Trusting. Saying, thy will, not my will, God. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of prayer. The good news is that we never pray alone. God's spirit is a partner with us when we pray. This is why Jesus knew it was so important to pray in all things, but especially when we're burdened with demands, when we're overwhelmed by what we're witnessing or experiencing, when we're deep in grief, especially when we have no words. In Romans 8, Paul writes these magnificent words. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the spirit. Because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Sometimes when we pray, we just can't put what we are feeling into words. But we have a translator, the Spirit of God, 
The Holy Spirit can tape, take our deepest emotions, our groans of pain, our sighs too deep for words, and translate them into perfect prayers that are heard at the very throne of God. So what is a perfect prayer? It's simple. It's honest. It's a matter of your heart. It's a prayer of transformation within, a shift of focus from you to God. A prayer that recognizes our incredibly special relationship, that we are children of the God most high and holy. It's a prayer that doesn't treat God like a genie in the bottle, but rather seeks out God's will to be done in all areas of this life and the next in heaven. It's a prayer not just for our own interests, but one that is concerned with all of God's creation. A prayer which proclaims our trust in the God who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. A prayer that can be said together in worship, surrounded by the community of faith, while also at the same time said in the privacy of our own hearts. It's a prayer which sometimes uses words and sometimes sighs too deep for words. And it's a prayer always with the help of God's Holy Spirit. Would you please join me in prayer? Abba, our parent in heaven, you are amazing. With a God like you loving us, we don't have to pretend. We don't have to put on a show. Reveal who you are in our hearts once more. Set the world right. Do what's best in every corner of your creation. And may we be a part of your kingdom work. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and from evil. You're in charge forever and always. Amen. <laughs>